Hello and welcome to Doc to Me. My name is Heather. And I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering Don't Pick Up the Phone on Netflix. Which sounds like a horror movie. A <laughs> couple of and things. And it kind of is. <laughs> One, I'm disappointed in myself for not mentioning that our last episode was episode number 69. <laughs> so mad at We could have had so many jokes. And two, you said last episode you wanted to take a break from watching Bummer Things and then you brought this shit to me. Well, let... <laughs> My friend Lindsay recommended it, so I was like, that sounds like a scary movie. And then I looked it up. Oh, and then I was like, oh, I know this story. So I was like, okay, we have to do this. Is this because I said no, absolutely no to the uh, Harry and Meghan (laughs) documentary? (laughs) Do you know, I didn't even know that that was an actual documentary. I thought that it was just some kind of like. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) You guys still have money. I don't care. I haven't watched it, so I don't know. Did you watch oh, it as any good? No. Okay. Like, oh, your family's racist? Shocking. Yeah, it's like the fucking royal family. <laughs> I would expect that there are some racist people. The British people. royal family, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Let's family that talk. kept the, like, mentally disabled hidden away. Uh, what about all the things that Prince Philip said? <laughs> to the American or British students? Something when they were in China. I'm not going to repeat it, but... There's there's been a lot said and done <laughs> by the royal family. I mean, we all watch The Crown. It's a lot of stuff not even in The Crown, though. So I just, I feel that there is nothing that shocks me, and Keeps I don't need new. to watch it. Okay, so this three-episode series premiered on Netflix on December 14th of 2022. In the UK, I read, it's known as Pervert. Hunting the strip surge collar. Okay, so I thought that maybe there was two docu series because I think is there one on I want to say Hulu or Amazon. I don't know. Or pervert. HBO maybe. Calling I don't it pervert's know. a way better title. <laughs> I feel like it should have been pervert. Um, I believe it premiered in the UK in October on Paramount Plus, and then Netflix got the rights for release in the rest of the world. Again, this one is rough. It is That's really... why I feel like you're drinking too quickly already. <laughs> I am, because it's really... It was hard. Like, I definitely... And like I said, I had something... I have a backstory to tell, too. And so, like, it's just... Just tell me when you want to tell that, and we can... We'll, oh, we'll hash it out, because... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Even having heard the story several times, it's just... I want to believe that people couldn't possibly be so stupid, but... I mean, not even just so stupid, but people voted for Trump twice. So naive, so gullible, and just. It's just ignorance. Yeah. It's, well, and it's just blind acceptance. And that's what I am trying to teach my kids too as they get older that you don't just have to comply. No. This story inspired the 2012 film Compliance and also a creepy as fuck Law and Order SVU episode featuring Robin Williams. Ugh. I believe that one was called Authority. Have you seen that one? I think I have. Oof. He's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you remember him in that one movie with the, what was it? What movie was in with the, I want to say like 24 hours or less, but that's not what it is. It's the the, the film one where he's the photo clerk. Oh, Patch Adams? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Death of Smoochie? Is that? No. No? I don't remember. I'm not going to look it up. I'm Patch not. Adams. I'll, look I'll look it up Patch later. Adams. I'll look it up later. It's not Patch what Adams. What was the one with Bill Cosby? Jack. 
Wasn't Jennifer Lopez his teacher in that movie? We're so off base. No, okay. was it? Was it? She's acting again. Did you see the, that trailer for that one movie that she's going to be in? Yeah, the teacher was Jennifer Lopez. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Bill Cosby's also in it. But they fart in a coffee can, so that's fun. Did they sell I it for millions like that one chick? No. Oh, God, the one from uh, 90 Day Fiance. Who then had to go to the hospital because of her diet. She's just farting too much. <laughs> Which then throws me into Parks and Rec when Jerry was having a fart attack. Okay. All right. We got to focus. Get it together. We're going to have so much editing to do. As I Leave said, it all in. They can all just listen to our joking banter. As I said, this one is a real bummer. And since I have too much wine in my fridge, we're just going to drink every time we feel unsettled. I so basically, we're going to die word? of alcohol yeah. poisoning. I actually said, we're going to need to drink a lot this episode. Yeah. And you were like, good, because we have three bottles of wine. <laughs> and it turns out we have four. <laughs> so we're drinking them all. Found another one. Not to count the bottle of champagne also in there. Well, we got to save that for tomorrow. Well, I don't even know if that's still good. That was from our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up. Does champagne go bad? Which uh, on Thursday will be seven years old. So yeah, does champagne go bad? Oh. <laughs> February, we're celebrating mm, 12 years. I'm sorry, you're better than us. Ah, <laughs> uh, we had a baby out of wedlock, so technically you're better than us. I had one too with us. another man, so. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you got me there. I came to this marriage with baggage. Um, this... I did too, but it was all emotional. <laughs> well, I did all have mental problems too, but. <laughs> this does deal with sexual assault, so we will not feel bad if you skip th- skip this episode. Yeah, definitely trigger warning. Yeah. So let's get into it. Mount Washington, Kentucky has a population of 18,000 and is located 30 minutes south of Louisville. So there ain't shit to do there. Buddy Stump is currently... I feel like there's probably a lot of drugs, though. (laughs) ...is currently the only detective in this small town and has only been in this position for three weeks. Also, Buddy Stump is a great name. Like, A+. I love him. (laughs) All I can think when I heard the name is, like, he's an Italian mob dude who owns, like, a tree trimming service. That would be the perfect name. Hey, the boys call me Buddy Stump. <laughs> but instead, he's just kind of like this little small town. <laughs> just law enforcement. He talks about the first time he got the call for, as he refers to it, the McDonald's case. And we'll get to it at the very end, but good. I'm glad it's referred to as the McDonald's case because fuck them. Yeah, like <laughs> McDonald's had some, some shit to answer for. <laughs> So April 9, 2004, Buddy is at home, quote, minding my own business. I love him. I just, every time he was being interviewed, that and the Boston guy, I really liked him too. When he gets a call from the assistant chief to come down to the McDonald's, it's not something that can be explained over the phone. Just come down here. Which is never a good sign. Like if you're being called to a scene of a crime and you're like, I can't really tell you over the phone. Like, I'm just, you need to get here. He gets to the McDonald's to find it still functioning for business. That is a business, okay? Let me tell you, because I can tell you right now, I've seen retail jobs that the place has been, like, burglarized or whatever, and they are still selling (laughs) shit. Like, how did the police not just hear a little bit of the story we're about to get into and just immediately go, okay, shut it down. McDonald's is closed for the night. Lock it up. 
like let's lose a little bit of money in this no that's retail or you know any of these situations like they're just keep it running I don't care (laughs) if you don't have any electricity or power or heat or any of that keep it going Uh, according to Buddy it was an atmosphere where everybody was just upset I'm sorry but shouldn't that be the case anytime a detective is called to a scene but also like it's retail and like the food industry I feel like everyone's upset all the time every yeah. day no matter what happened but anytime like nobody is in a good mood and calls the cops when a crime happens just for fun like yeah there's a crime people are gonna be upset I mean if I get burglarized when I'm drunk I'm probably in a good mood <laughs> actually I'm probably crying yeah he moseys on back to the back office to find a worker manager and assistant manager all talking over each other trying to get the story out All he can really make out is that it had something to do with a phone call. Finally, an officer comes over and tells him, whatever happened, it's on video. (laughs) Which is like, okay. Unfortunately, there's no audio on the tape, but you can kind of get the gist of You don't need audio for this. It's depressing without it. It starts with the unfortunately named assistant manager, 51-year-old Donna Summers, who is white and not, in fact, the queen of disco, on the phone with someone. Just any time I heard that name, I was like, what? <laughs> the caller states that he is an officer. I always think of Suzanne Summers. <laughs> Two totally different. <laughs> very, very different perspectives, but you know. The caller states that he is an officer for the Mount Washington Police. I think he said his name was like Detective Scott or something. Which is officer such a generic. Scott. Yeah, Officer Scott, which is such a generic name. And he says he also has the manager and a corporate representative also on the line. He is calling in regards to a wallet of a customer being stolen by one of the McDonald's workers. Alrighty, red flag. Cops are lazy. For you and I. <laughs> Cops are lazy, but the McDonald's is a mile from the police station and they get a f- they get free food all the time even if they show up. Like, why would an officer not just walk there. there to investigate anyway they describe the suspect as a petite brunette and it's so crazy that an employee matches that very vague description 18 year old louise then enters the office i know they say her last name but since she's not like actually in this series to give her her account i don't feel comfortable no and i mean it's name. definitely it's like out there very wide and broad yeah. but like they're are so many victims of this, and I feel like most of them didn't get to speak up. Because none of the other victims even have their last names, so I'm like, I just... Yeah, that's just... Yeah. Not to mention, I feel that when you're a victim of sexual assault, you should be allowed to have some privacy, and obviously she has not been afforded that throughout the entire years of, you know, so give her a little respect. (laughs) This poor girl. She was working there because her mom had recently lost her job and had health issues, so Louise started working to help out her family. And more than that, she was supposed to already be off work, but because the restaurant was so busy that day, she stayed late to help with the dinner rush. Which is such a nice person thing to do. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. Most people wouldn't do that willingly. Especially 18-year-olds. Fuck that. Like, oh, I get off at five? I'm at leaving five, at five. I'm already clocking yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the door at yes. 5 p.m. My name tag's off. <laughs> don't Put talk to me. Put on a jacket me. so customers can't D- see. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. I'm out of here. Yeah. So with Louise now in the office with Donna, the caller informs Donna that he can either go down to the restaurant to arrest Louise there. Which you should say, yes, please. <laughs> or Donna can just conduct a strip search to see if she has the money on her. Never. 
Do not ever allow anyone no. to do a strip search on you. And shockingly, Donna doesn't say, fuck you, do your own job, because I've got my own shit to run here. Right, you're running a fucking McDonald's. I would have hung <laughs> up the phone and been like, I'm too busy for this shit. The customer can come here themselves. Have you seen a McDonald's before? There's always a line. Hey, anywhere, any business, especially now. Yeah. Like, no, we are not staffed adequately ever. <laughs> Like, if you need something, you come here and do your job. She tells Louise to start emptying her pockets, and another manager enters the office, and they put a garbage bag over the door that has a small window so no one can peep in. Sketch. Because it just gets worse. Louise is made to completely undress. So do... And with each article of clothing, they were, like, shaking it and, like, yeah. checking pockets and other stuff, just making sure that she had no stolen and money. I've read that they were so busy that day, she was never away from the register. How would she have stolen this wallet? And she, like, secretly sticky fingers through the counter well, and, like... I think they said she stole a purse and the wallet would have been in the purse, but within where would she have put in the purse? It, none of it makes sense. It's in her vagina. <laughs> where all stolen things go, apparently. So do they apologize and hand over her clothes and a coupon for free small fries? No, but they give her an apron to cover herself with, bag up her clothes, and place those in Louise's car and continue on with the call. Which doesn't make any sense. Why would they put her clothing? They know that she doesn't have any stolen goods on yeah. her. Why would they then take her clothing out of the building and put it in someone's car? That's not proper police procedure. <laughs> I get so mad. So Louise is just stuck at this point. They've taken her clothes, her car keys, and she's left in the office at the back of a busy McDonald's full of customers at like the dinner rush. I don't know if you've ever been a naked 18-year-old, but you're not really going to go anywhere. I'm a naked 34-year-old, and I don't even, like, leave the bathroom. 35, and I'm still not going anywhere. So, yeah, not to mention she's 18 and needs this job to help take care of her family. Like, right, so she is going comply. to go ahead and do whatever they tell. If they told her to s jump rope during checkout, she would do it because yeah. she's a child. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you think 18's an adult. Like, she is a child and she's going to do whatever these adults tell her to do. Especially a manager who's, like... Her boss. Yeah. And she sees as an authority figure and she is, again, a child who lives in a small town and believes whatever people say. At this point, it's already been over an hour and Donna... Which is way too much time in McDonald's time. Like, and holy fuck. Donna... Do you know how many people they could have served in the drive-thru? And Donna and the other manager need to get back to work. Here's where something gets left out of this story. I think I don't remember seeing it in this, but I know I read about it. The caller tells Donna that she needs to get a man that she trusts to continue with this search. So she first asks one of the restaurant cooks, Jason Bradley, to watch Louise. The caller orders Jason to remove Louise's apron and describe her body. He refuses to do so, but also doesn't call the fucking cops. <sighs> also, why would the police be asking you to get a trusted male mm -hmm. in female strip searches like they wouldn't have a male officer alone with the woman no. they would have a female doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> why would he just be like hey do you got a dude in your life <laughs> someone you really trust donna then calls her own fiance 43 year old walter nix jr jr if you know anything never about crime and sports never a good sign <laughs> 
to help watch over Louise. And for the next two hours, Walter... I think this might be the first time that you're shaking the table and it's not oh, me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I totally get it because I do it all I'm the time. I'm getting like, so it's angry like the, already. It's like the anxiety shaking. And for the next two hours, Walter and this caller basically further torture Louise. I don't know any other way to describe it other than torture. It is fucking hell because she can't leave. She literally cannot leave. I mean, I don't know anyone that wants to run out of a McDonald's in a apron that doesn't even cover anything. Yeah. Surrounded by people that you know because this is a small town where she lives. Just drink. Keep drinking. Keep drinking. (laughs) keep drinking louise is made to remove the apron and perform jumping jacks or star jumps for international listeners are they really called star jumps uh international wow to try and shake loose this supposed stolen wallet i don't know how loosely or how tight her vagina is supposed to be but where could she possibly hide it on her body if you can fit a wallet in your vagina or your asshole that's yours (laughs) you get to keep that i think we all could agree on that you've earned it not that Louise did that, because in case you haven't figured it out, there's she no didn't stolen steal wallet. It. No, she didn't steal shit. I'm just saying I'd rather just deal with going to the DMV for a new ID rather than using one that's been inside someone's orifices. But maybe I'm the weird one. It makes me think of that episode of Broad City when she's keeping the weed in her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one does it, but you know. Throughout all this time, Donna is still coming into the office from time to time, and Louise is made to grab the apron to cover herself. Which just, like, how do you not think that that is something shameful that you're not supposed to be doing? If you are making a girl take her apron off, but you're making her cover herself back up abruptly whenever, like, someone comes in, you know that you're doing something wrong. So all Donna sees is Walter still on the phone with the officer and Louise just standing there with an apron. Which again, it's been hours and the police are a mile away. (laughs) It doesn't take that long to get an officer on site, even when they're busy. So she's walking in and out of the situation for hours and still doesn't question any of it. It's ridiculous. Even more shocking is what Walter does. The caller then tells Walter that he needs to check if Louise has been drinking, so Walter needs to kiss her. What does that have to do with theft? She's been in this tiny room for hours. If she had been drinking, it's gone now. Been able to smell Not to mention, it. she's done physical exercise. Yeah, like, you would have smelled it on her breath. It makes no sense. It's a small office. These are middle-aged grown adults falling for this. That's what I don't understand. These are adults, like full-on, have a mortgage, have had kids potentially, gotten married I mean, potentially. Donna Summers is 51. She could be a grandmother. Exactly. I don't understand. 18, I understand. You're gullible. You're new to the world. You're still a child. Like, you are going to believe whatever these older people tell you. But fucking 51? I just... If you believe that, you are a criminal. (laughs) So, yeah, for him to be able to check if she's been drinking, he needs to kiss her. When Louise refuses to kiss him. Which also, by the way, is not how police conduct a breathalyzer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you've ever been pulled over. I haven't, but even I know that. When Louise refuses to kiss him, she's made to lie over Walter's knee while he spanks her for 20 minutes until she finally agrees to kiss him i put in kill him <laughs> i i have been spanked in s- 
sexual encounters and <laughs> I don't think I've ever been spanked what I know and I don't think I've ever been spanked for 20 full minutes like and it, those are also place like smacks he leaves marks on her no exactly like you can see them in the video yeah who spanks someone for 20 minutes I don't think I've ever been angry enough to spank for 20 minutes I don't like, have the energy <laughs> not like an actual physical pain. I've no. never left marks on no. anyone in my life. I couldn't imagine. And this is not even a romantic partner or like a child or something like this. This is a fucking stranger to yes. him. <laughs> a literal stranger. She was also made to insert her fingers into her vagina and expose it to Walter, but that was also left out in this. I feel that like a lot was left out because yeah. they didn't want to be too graphic. I mean, when you think about the fact that, like, she was sexually assaulted, like, it's, it goes beyond what you are going to see in, like, the docuseries or read about in, like, some tiny little articles. Take a big drink now because Louise is then told to perform oral sex on Walter. What the fuck? Which I would like to say is not standard police procedure. Oh, not at all. That and is... also, he's not an officer. <laughs> <laughs> that as well. But also, what the fuck does that have to do with stolen goods? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. You don't know this person on the other side of the phone. You've never even seen them before. But because they said that they were a cop, you just go along with raping someone because the person on the phone said to? It doesn't make sense like you don't I, even have a gun to your head it's no, so you're insane. not even you're not even being forced you could simply hang up the phone yeah you could say you know what i don't feel comfortable send an officer hang up the phone you could hang up the phone and call the police back but yes. you don't do that because you yourself are a fucking pervert yeah, just I, like, I'm like saying pervert, but that's not what he is. He, he's a fucking predator. Like he makes me so angry because he himself is a criminal. Yes. So after that, Walter gets the fuck out of there and calls a friend to tell them, quote, I have done something terrible. Oh, yeah, Walter? Because he knew. He knew what yes. he did was wrong because he's a fucking grown adult. It makes me so mad. Oh, my God. <laughs> But he says once he got to that part of the tape where the rape occurred, he ordered an officer to go to Walter's home and arrest him. Right. He left because he knew he did something yes. wrong. He ran from the scene of the crime. So with Walter gone, Donna is told to bring in another man that she trusts. So she drags in the off-duty maintenance worker, Thomas Sin- Sims, who was just there because he wanted a dessert. <laughs> Ooh, that McDonald's ice cream is good. Ooh, this the dude, parfait. This dude is only on the phone for a second before and he, he literally it's a hoax. He literally says no. <laughs> and tells Donna. So after three and a half hours, Donna finally decides to call a higher level manager who the officer had said was on the line with him. That's the other thing. You have these You have these people on the line and, and they're they not saying say anything. Word. You don't talk to them for directly three and, a half hours. and say, hey, should I have this McDonald's 18 year old employee? perform oral sex on me like is that what you want me to do as mcdonald's no okay it's fucking mind-blowing i just can't i can't so she calls the manager i I can't so much i'm throwing shit (laughs) who uh god damn it sorry i'm just like disrupting you so So much she calls the manager who wakes up to answer the phone because she had been asleep the whole time (laughs) that's right not on the phone call no not on the phone call 
Uh-oh. Now knowing for certain it was a hoax, the caller hangs up and the police are contacted. So fucking pissed. Buddy sits down with Louise to get a statement from her and not only recognizes her as his neighbor, he grew up with her dad and was friends with him. So, you know he's gonna fight like hell on this case. Where do you even start in a case like this? As no, a cop, exactly. A like, detective. It's a nameless, faceless person on the phone. But also, when you think about it, it's not even just that person. Because everyone who was there committed a crime. It's just... Oh, well, the next so day, much. Buddy sits down on his computer and just does an internet search for McDonald's strip search. And just finds a ton of articles about the same story happening all over the country. Which, what the <laughs> fuck? I can just see him like that one finger at a time type like clacking <laughs> nope nope back 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 <laughs> he accidentally like image search and like and that picture of the old lady looking at a computer for the first time with, like, with the computer with the glasses. glasses yeah i imagine that <laughs> good old buddy i don't think there were any as severe as this case but there were some that actually went through with the strip search the earliest report they could find was from 1994 so this should have been happening for 10 years I was seven. <laughs> I was six. Just for reference. Just all over the U.S. <laughs> a man spreading in that you're younger. A man claiming to be a police officer and even using the same name for most of them would call and convince managers to perform strip searches on employees and at least one customer. <laughs> Which is like so, so mind-blowing because how do you visit a business and you're like, yes, you can strip search me. Like, like fuck you. I'm I, taking my business elsewhere. I will never visit this place of business again. I will again. tell all my friends. I'd like to speak to a manager, please. No, no, a manager above you. I just... Just I, all the Karen. That's the only time you could be a Karen. I just don't understand. Like, if I was ever anywhere buying shit and someone was like, I need to strip search you because someone just called and said that you fit the description of someone who stole some stuff, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> like, turn around and walk out. I would leave so fast. Like, I don't even understand, like, how this happens. It's, yeah. Uh, most often, it happens to fast food joints and sometimes grocery stores in these small little dinky towns. Just searching online, Buddy finds 73 incidents in 32 states. And but I you know, it. there had to be so many more that just were not reported. Exactly. Buddy initially thought the call came from a payphone across the street so that the caller would be able to see inside the McDonald's and also keep an eye on the police station down the road. But now knowing how extensive this crime spree was, there's just no, no way, way that would have right. been possible. It wasn't someone local. And cell phones are still not a huge thing at this time. iPhones wouldn't be around for another three years. Ah, good old iPhones. I know I had a cell phone at this time, though, but, you know, young hip. <laughs> oh, 2004? Yeah. Yeah. Like... We would have been high school age. So I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 18. Oh, what a loser. I know, but I was homeschooled, <laughs> so I was a loser. Yeah, who are you going to call? <laughs> exactly. My mom. I lived with her. Hey, ma! <laughs> yeah, and, and was I 18? I think I was 18. In 2004? Yeah. Oh, when you got your phone. <laughs> when like, I got my phone. No, I was not in 2004. No, because I was 13 in 2001. Well, 2004, you would have been 17. 
maybe because I, I would have been 16 maybe i did have a phone like i no, you know what it was 18 because i didn't get my driver's license until i was 18 me too because I had a serious car accident and I was a little traumatized. Oh, mine was because my dad had one eye and he lost it in the accident, car accident. And that kind of scared me. Oh. <laughs> so we were both traumatized. Yeah. Mine was because I was in an accident and yours was because your dad was in an accident. Even though he did fine driving with one eye. He drove fire trucks when he was a volunteer firefighter. Yeah, so but... I didn't get mine until I was 18. And I remember being so embarrassed that I was in driving school with like all these 16-year-olds. Oh, honey. And during that time, you could do the at home where your parents were supposed to teach you and you just watch videos um, and never had to take a driving test. Uh, no, because my dad had me drive with him one time and I nearly crashed into a tree. That's what I'm saying. I never drove with him. I just watched videos and, you know, played video games growing up. <laughs> Need I for think, speed with the wheel. And I think it was even like with some kid that I had a crush on because like we had gone so to school before attention. high school. No, I wasn't paying attention. Of course not. It was with keys, so. Like. So, yeah, you didn't pay it. I remember having her in history and she, learned nothing. She would have us, like, drive through drive throughs and stuff. That was the <laughs> class I was in, was Miss Key's history class when 9-11 happened, and we didn't do shit. They told us, turn the TVs off. She slowly closed her door and turn turned the, the TV volume back. up. Yes. She That's had my us, 9-11 story. She had us, like, picking up people and, like, going through drive throughs get her like a schnitzel and stuff i remember because she was horrible she never taught us anything so i would fail like i had a bad grade so i just printed off like jfk conspiracy theory stuff and handed that in and she's she gave like me pass yes. <laughs> she was the worst teacher she really was she remembered my brother but like obviously she had never had me because i didn't go to public high school and so like she didn't remember me at all but she's just like oh okay like I know your brother like <laughs> and so yeah we would just oh god and I remember she thought I was dyslexic because I would mix up the turn signal and I was like no I'm just nervous <laughs> anyway yeah so maybe I did have a phone I don't remember <laughs> but... and also we tied it to 9-11 oh, yeah. we just went full circle <laughs> This is why we haven't drank in a while. <laughs> no, because we get too fucking wild. Okay. I don't want to compliment the predator, but it was really smart to call these businesses in small towns. People tend to be more conservative and put more respect into law enforcement. So if someone says they're a cop, they're going to be more believed. Not to mention jobs are harder to come by, especially for young people. So they're going to be filled with ignorant people who are going to do whatever it takes to not only follow what someone with authority says but to do whatever it takes to keep their job. Not to mention, no one's going to think to fact check. No one's going to be like, okay, let me hang up and call the police station back. No one is going to look further into this. It's just sad when people who are in their 40s and 50s fall for it. Talking to you, Donna Summers. They then go on to Blackfoot, Idaho in 1999, where another call took place. Elizabeth tells a story about what happened to her. I feel so bad for her because, like, ugh. And I really hate the editing in this. Uh, Continuously throughout her story, when she's like spilling her heart out and all this, they switch between her regular voice and then to edit it to where it sounds like she's speaking over a phone. Why? So weird. (laughs) It was a weird choice. It'll switch back and forth during the middle of a sentence for no reason. She was 16 and working at a pizza place when the call came in to her manager. A police officer was on the phone accusing a server of stealing a customer's purse with $50 in it. 
fucking $50. Like, fuck you. You're not taking me naked for $50. And I guess the manager just assumes it's Elizabeth, even though she says she didn't match the description. Yeah, she said that her hair color didn't match and her height height didn't match. Yeah. Was she just the only female working there? Yeah, they were just like, must be you. Maybe they just were misconceived. Like, I don't know. So it starts off the same way as the Mount Washington call. She's asked to get undressed and to have the manager describe her body and her cup size, which is when she starts to fight back a little. Which, again, like, why would you need to hear the description of my body (laughs) if you think I stole something and you know it's me? And I'm drinking. Jesus Christ! Okay, it's only a glass. (laughs) And then hero co-worker Derek comes into work and sees the pizzas are starting to back up and no one is working. <laughs> He's like, what's going on? So he goes to the back to check what is going on. He's only 22 and he knows whatever going on is not the correct procedure. <laughs> no, he's like, what the fuck? What are what you doing? Cop would over the phone authorize a manager to strip search an employee that's also a minor? Yeah, that's all kinds of illegal. <laughs> And I want to know what's up with the manager because Derek said he immediately thought the manager had something to do with the call. Well, first of all, like he's the manager he of a small town pizza place. He's probably he, sketchy. He thought the manager was like in on this little scam. Of course, once more stories come out about this happening at several other places all over the country, he knows the manager had nothing to do with it. But what's up with that manager that right away he's like, oh, he's in on this. First of all, anyone that's willing to strip search a minor <laughs> in your place of business. Comment is sketchy. Elizabeth gives a statement to the police and nothing happens. (laughs) We go back to 2004. You know I love the back and forth jumping timeline stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of confusing, like, mindfuck. Stop doing that. I hate it. This time to a Wendy's in West Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Or Massachusetts, as Buddy Stump will say later. later. Did you catch that? Of course I did. (laughs) Got family there in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. This time, a female manager was talked into strip-searching a male employee and fondling him. Which, good to see that it's like an equal opportunity. <laughs> Sexual assault? Yeah. <laughs> good job. Which, I'm not serious, but, like, also, like... <laughs> they are victims. Of course they are victims. They are always believed. But it's good to see that he was an equal opportunity predator. <laughs> Detective Sergeant Victor Flaherty is given this case and he says, this case is bizarre. I love him. First of all, because I have family in Massachusetts. You just so have that I accent. Just, like, yeah. It's so bizarre. I love the Boston accent. It's also kind of crazy that between all these cases, only two cops seem to take it seriously. Well, and I, I, that's, I think why I like them so much because I feel like we're already not big fans of cops so seeing cops like do their job i guess well and i think (laughs) it's really all it takes maybe i also because like from experience i feel like it's commendable that they saw this for what it was yeah and did more because there's a guy later on i hate who just refers to it as a prank call and i'm like dude just uh uh, back to our pal, Buddy. After the call ended at the McDonald's, a co-worker was smart enough to use Star 69 to call back and get the phone number of where the call originated. Man, we used to think phone technology was so crazy back in the day. Just I know, it's start- Star 69. And now I can just use my phone to watch a video of Kelsey Grammer falling off a stage and yelling, Oh, dear Lord! <laughs> I love that video. I know he got, like, really hurt, but... It's the way in the middle of falling. Oh, dear Lord! <laughs> 
<laughs> it just makes me laugh because I remember like a couple weeks ago, just before Christmas when I was at Walmart and I was like having a mini panic attack because it was so crowded. I touched a box with stockings and like the <laughs> yeah. whole shelf fell down with all the stuff. And I just screamed out, oh, Jesus. And some guy comes rushing over and like tries to help me fix things. And he's like, I heard you call for Jesus. <laughs> just like, Side note, look into Kelsey Grammer's family because that man is cursed. He really is. Didn't he have like a sister murdered? He had a sister murdered. I think his stepdad or his dad and his brother got eaten by sharks possibly. Okay, what? <laughs> it's insane. It was a stepdad because his I real see why dad, he drinks. His real dad, I think, was a cop and got killed in the line of duty. And then his new stepdad and his brother got eaten by sharks. It's insane. Okay, eaten by sharks already is just like insane. But also having <laughs> a sister murdered, like it's fucking just like a mind. That family is cursed. Uh, anyway, God, what are we at? Only like two hours, forty-five minutes. <laughs> And it's mostly just a shit We're talking. Only on page five. God, I will have to do so much editing. We're gonna do two episodes, and it'll be like thirty minutes. <laughs> it's a mango burp. Oh dear lord! Anyway, oh, dear buddy. Lord. <laughs> oh lord Jesus! because yeah, he's just in the middle of talking, like giving this story, and then just, oh dear lord. <laughs> And you can tell he's, like, really hurt. Like, I think he broke his wrist. Oh, it's dear just Jesus. the expression. Oh, Jesus. Oh, dear Lord. Anyway, uh, Buddy gets this number and tries calling a couple of times, but just gets a busy, busy snig... Hmm? A busy signal. Busy signal. <laughs> just gets a busy signal each time. Ooh, there, did it. He calls AT&T to see if they recognize the number, and after an hour and a half of being transferred around between different AT&T employees, which, been there, he f- he's finally told that the number belongs to a prepaid calling card. Man. The good old days. That and the 1-800-C-A-L-L-A-T-T <laughs> Carrot Top. Oh, God. <laughs> My kids don't even know who Carrot Top is. I feel like I need to introduce them. Like, yeah, I was talking to Andrew. I was like, you remember that commercial? The 1-800-C-L-L-A-T-T. <laughs> he was like, maybe? Was like, Fuck you. Do you remember when they had pay phones at the mall? I used to use them to call my mom to come pick me up. Yeah. Well, you would do the call collect and then just leave your message. Because with the part where you're supposed to say what your name is. Just mom at the mall pick Mom, you up. yeah. Mom, I'm ready. Come pick me up. <laughs> mom, we had a baby. It's a boy. <laughs> I'm not paying for the collect call. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the prepaid calling card isn't all that much to currently go on, but at least it tells him this isn't someone local. Victor is doing his own investigation, getting the runaround by AT&T, who tell him there's no way to trace the phone cards until finally one day he's talking to a representative he's been dealing with the whole time. Jessica. Was that her name? Yeah. I thought it was Michelle. I don't know why. Oh, was it? I don't know. I didn't write it down. Well, now I'm torn because I can't remember if it was Jessica or Michelle. I don't know finally tells him i've got some answers since 9-11 even though we don't want the public to know prepaid calling cards are now traceable which is crazy that they were not traced before 9-11 right like how the fuck like and i don't maybe a lot of listeners don't even know what prepaid calling cards were (laughs) they're still around though yes they're used a lot for like long distance and international calling Right, but you just, like, buy the card, and then you could make your calls, and you didn't have to worry about dealing with phone companies, because, It was less expensive to use phone cards. I remember Um, family using them for hospitals and shit like that, like, when we were just, I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) 
So things have really changed since 9-11. Not only could you use nail clippers on your flight, but you could feel free to sexually harass people over the phone long distance with your prepaid phone card. I mean, I feel like pre-9-11, you could also feel free to sexually assault people on your flight. (laughs) People still try it now. And he's given the location of where the calls are originating from. Florida. Payphone in Panama City, Florida. And it's kind of crazy that Buddy and Victor are both working this case like without the knowing the other person is doing it so now i feel like at&t would have been hey i just got another call from like someone else about this but no they didn't share information so now there's another dead end they know where the calls are originating from but just knowing it's a payphone doesn't get you much because they used to be everywhere and the panama city police are aware this is coming from their area and they're also at a loss. Victor is finally able to track down, not only was this card bought at a Walmart, of course, but the exact day it was purchased. I don't know if you know this, but Walmart's a pretty big company and pretty big companies love surveillance cameras. Unfortunately for him, it's some pretty shitty footage. It is really bad. Not only do they not have any cameras at the register, it's still on VHS at this time. So the quality is garbage because they just reuse the tapes over and over again. So And it's another just scanning through different yeah. points. It's just like five seconds here, five seconds there, five <laughs> seconds here, five seconds there, five seconds here. Like it's just fucking skimming through different photo vantage points. So finally he gets a call from Buddy Stump. I guess Buddy Stump had also figured out it was Panama City called the police there and the police are like, oh, oh we just talked weird. to a detective from here. There's another guy who is also looking into this. And as much as Vic talks about this lady at AT AT&T, I wish they could have had her on this. I really do. I really, he was joking about how he talked to her more than he talked to his wife. (laughs) So luckily for these two guys, the card used at the Mount Washington call was purchased at a different Walmart that had their shit together and at least had cameras on the registers. I love how he was like, do you have cameras at the registers? (laughs) And they were like, yes. And he was like, ka-ching. The suspect is a white male, of course, between 30 to 40 years old, about six feet tall with black hair. I assume Vic isn't directly from Boston because I would expect his description to be, this guy was a white fat fuck old enough to know better. (laughs) So because the camera angle isn't the best because it's above the suspect, they go to Vic's Walmart tape that shows the entrance and exits to try and see if they can get a better look at the guy. And this time, the fucking idiot is in his work uniform. But of course he is. (laughs) The upsetting thing about his uniform, however, is the very noticeable braid on the side of the pants. You know, the sort of thing that would be on the uniform of someone in law enforcement. Bum, bum, bum. All this information that we just discussed in this episode is just the first episode of the show. That is insane. It is so much information. It is a lot. Okay, we are, yeah, 52 minutes. <laughs> we'll do a part two. There will have to be a part two because there's just even more. To and go I'll through. tell my story in part two. You want to do that? Yeah, I'll do you that. You want to start it with that? Oh, God. Yeah, okay. I'll do it. <laughs> You've already been drinking a lot. Just get it out. I've had like two bottles of wine, probably, but... <laughs> I like how you look at a bottle like you're going to say half a bottle, <laughs> two bottles. I've had two bottles. <laughs> Actually, probably just one bottle because you've been sharing it with me. So anyway. And it's been over like an hour so. Yeah, it dissipates. <laughs> Very quickly. Yeah, it evaporates in my system. Also, I cheated on Jason and got Hibachi to go. Oh, okay. And so... <laughs> 
<laughs> what if that was just the secret? Just out of nowhere at the very end of an episode. I cheated, I cheated, on, cheated on Jason. <laughs> no, my, my form of cheating is that like I secretly have been trying this hibachi place that we haven't and <laughs> I haven't gone to with him yet. And so like I get it to go and then I like secretly eat it in my car. <laughs> Then you have to get out of the car, throw it in the trash can before anybody comes out. Exactly. That's what I do. Like, I, I've done it twice now, and I don't feel wrong, but I do feel wrong because <laughs> I have to hide it from him. But I feel safe because I know he's not going to listen to this. Yeah. So he's not going to know. <laughs> I've eaten that Osaka hibachi, like, twice now, and you it is bitch. delicious. <laughs> so good. So then when you guys go there, you have to go, um, let me look at the menu and see what they have. <laughs> and we're like, I don't know. Oh, this is pretty good. We'll have to come here again. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, welcome back, ma'am. I'm like, shut your fucking face. Oh, welcome back, Kathleen. <laughs> you have to go, oh, hi, thank you. And then look at the name tag. <laughs> That's what cheating's like when you're married. You just secretly eat your food that you're not supposed to. Your pictures on the wall for like more... <laughs> Most one customer um, <laughs> customer crab ragoons. Yeah. <laughs> Most crab ragoons eaten in a sitting. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> Their clear soup, the bomb. Anyway, <laughs> that was an additional two and a half minutes. You're welcome. <laughs> Goodbye. We will be back next week for the conclusion of Don't pick. Don't up the pick phone. up the phone. I forgot what it was. <laughs> I was like pervert. No pervert don't pick up pervert okay thank you we'll be back (laughs) goodbye thank you for listening to talk to me the opening music is by twisterium for comments or suggestions we can be reached by email at doctomepod at gmail.com find us on twitter at doctomepod and find a link to our facebook group in the show notes thank you